Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I've got another lovely week of hockey ahead of us. Got some trade deadline stuff to cover. I'm Josh Hyman. I'm Joey Palazzola. And we got a great episode today. Uh, today, Monday, trade deadline. So we've got about 15,000 trades to run through. If you guys if you guys have been living under a rock, it was maybe the busiest trade deadline we've seen in a long time. But before we get into that, I have to give a quick shout out to Monocle's Pizza. If you haven't heard, what are you doing? They're the best pizza place around. They got their famous, this, famous crispy thin crust pizza. They've got a pan pizza. They've got the point pizza, which is one of a kind, triangle pizza. And all pizzas come with either mozzarella or Provel blend of cheese, your choice. They've got pepperolis, which sound delicious. They're fresh baked rolls filled with pepperoni, puree, and four cheeses. They've got toasted ravioli, a family pleaser, which is a combo of pizza, salad, and soft drink. So bring the whole fam. You can dine in, carry out, get it delivered, whatever you want. They've been in business since 1959, and their O'Fallon location has a brewery, including their house Amber Beer, named after that year, 1959. They've got lots of community involvement with fundraisers and reading programs, which is great. And you can order online through their app or their website and also on Grubhub. And if you do order, make sure you use the code LOCKEDON or mention LOCKEDON to get $5 off a specialty pizza. But that being said, let's just jump right into these trades. Um, there are so many. I think the first one we got we to gotta break, uh, got to jump into was one that kind of happened late last night. Ilya Kovalchuk to Washington for a third. <clears throat> what do you think of that one, Joey? Uh, good deal for Washington. I know uh, the return for Montreal, third rounder, not too significant. Uh, basically, I look at that as like a fourth rounder, honestly, with a team like Washington. But uh, yeah. I like the Russian connection building in Washington with uh, Ovi, Kuznetsov, all of them. Cool. Uh, I think this one will play. We're going to see this one in the playoffs. We're going to say that quite a bit in this show. Um, but, hey, Kovalchuk, he's been there, done that. He can score that timely goal if needed. Absolutely. Huge, huge pickup for Washington. Um, he's just one of those guys you can really put on your first line, on your fourth line. No matter where he is, he can be a solid piece. And I think it's gonna. he's a really underrated addition for them. You know, he only went for a third-round pick, but he's been playing really well in, in Montreal. And I think now that he's on a team that has a chance to succeed, I think we might see him shine a lot more than than um, what people may have initially expect, expected when he came back over. Uh, next one, I mean, Mike Green to Edmonton for Brodziak in a fourth. That one was just a little strange. I mean, is it, it seemed like a bit of a bit of a, a, a nothing move. Like, I don't really think it's going to make that much of a difference at the end of the day. Edmonton is in need of defensive depth, but I don't really think a, a, an aging Mike Green is, is the solution for them. I don't know. Your thoughts, Joey? I think there's going to be a low-risk, high-reward type of a deal. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I see yeah. what Edmonton's doing here. I really do. Um they're just bringing him in. Hey, if, if he finds a little re- resurrection, he finds it. If not, so be it. You only give a Kyle Brodzik yep. and a fourth. But uh, yep. it's, who knows? It's, it's definitely – I feel like from an Oilers fan perspective, it's probably a little frustrating um, watching these sort of low-risk, high-reward moves go every year. They're just kind of adding a bunch of depth guys and not really making the big splashes. But, you know, you, you didn't really part with anything too um, too drastic, and you did add a body. So I think that they're starting to, to get on the right path in terms of that. But, I mean – I mean, it's it, again. That one wasn't really two non-playoff teams, not, or, or and this is a potential playoff team, but two really non-contenders making a deal there. So you don't really have to don't really have to look at that too much. And then we can get into the um, the the exciting trades. This is where thing this is where things started popping off. Um, the first big one, JG Pajot to the New York Islanders for a conditional first, a second, and a conditional third. The conditions are the twenty twenty first 
carries into a 2021 first if it's so it's top three protected if, if it's a top three this year it, it shifts to next year and the third round pick will only transfer to the senators if the islanders win the stanley cup this year so essentially it's jg Pajot for a first and a second because i would be shocked if the islanders won the cup but another blues name off the board i think that's a pretty good deal for for um new york you, you know you never like to give up picks and it's a steep price to pay but you you add in a body and you don't you don't subtract any roster players that's that's always a, a good get for for a, a kind of a fringe playoff team like the islanders what do you think i mean he was he was definitely on the blues radar so he's a good yeah. good player yeah i got a little inside info on this one uh my i have a good ottawa source for uh sins coverage in ottawa and he Basically told me that it was a two-team race for Peugeot between Colorado and Philly, actually. So New York Islanders kind of came out of nowhere over the weekend. Hey, I talked to him on Friday last. I figured the Blues were still hanging around there like potentially New York did and then just snuck in at the end. But uh, at the end of the day, they give up the best offer with the first and second conditional third. I, I believe the third is if they win the cup, yeah, right? If they win the cup, so yeah, not so, likely to pan out, but still exists. So, right. So hey, you got a first and a second for them, which the the whole belief there was Ottawa would, would only part ways with them if they did get that first round pick, which they ended up getting, and uh, he did get signed to a long term extension right after right. that. So right. he, he got his term and. Uh, AAV got five million a year yeah, for about five years, I believe. The New York Islanders now have a center depth of um, Brock Nelson, uh, Matt Barzal, and JG Pajot. So that's that's a pretty good uh, three headed monster down the down the center center of the ice for them. Um, but it was so that one that's good. It's always good to see a, a, a team that a team bes- that's not in your division get a player like that. Um, yeah, I was which very is relieved to not. Yes. Colorado didn't, you know, we'll get into it, but Colorado didn't add really anything, which is oh, we'll get there, we'll, we'll get, get there, don't worry, we'll get there. We got a lot to, we got a lot to get through. Uh, next big trade, Vincent Trocheck to the Carolina Hurricanes for Eric Howla, Lucas Walmark, oh boy, Itu Luosterinen, and Chase Prisky. Um, big name being moved there to another French playoff team like Carolina, another team that's not necessarily a contender yet, but maybe needs that that piece to take them to the next level. I think Trojek's really, really good ad for them. Um, and I think Howell is, you know, not too big of a price to give up. I think Florida definitely lost that trade in that sense. Um, I think Trocheck's a really good addition for Carolina. Um, he's an upgrade over Howell, absolutely, and could help them, help them with another potential playoff run. What do you think? Speaking of French playoff teams, what in the world is Florida doing with this one? Uh, yeah. They're two points out. They're just thrown in the white towel, it seems like. Yeah, doesn't make um, sense. The return wasn't uh, – I don't I don't like this from Florida you at got, all. Yeah, you, you uh, get rid of – Presky's a good defenseman. He's right. a rookie demon, AHL. He was actually coveted uh, – College free agent coming out of Quinnipiac, I believe, last year. But yep. man, for a guy like Vincent Trocheck, a thirty goal scorer potentially, uh, I don't like that. Yeah, good no, deal for Carolina, though. Absolutely a good deal for Carolina. Um, Florida, that's a confusing one. I mean, they've got some contracts up at, at the end of this year that I don't. I mean, I know Dadanov's up, and I guess Trocheck was the other one. But um, yeah, this it's Florida's an interesting spot right now, especially with that Bobrovsky deal um, hurting them a lot more, a lot more than it's helping them. So, right, so uh, you give a goalie seventy plus million in in the summertime, not even six months ago. You're you're adding up all these pieces for your your potential quote unquote breakout season where you go on a deep run like Carolina last year, and then you find yourself in a playoff spot all year long up until the deadline. You're two points out. You have the highest scoring team in the NHL, and then you just 
do that. You just give up top six forward for practically nothing. No, no improvement coming back your way at all. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Question it, it's marks. a weird one. It's a weird one. Um, and before we hop into the next few trades, I think I gotta take a, take a quick break to thank some of our sponsors, some digital ad inserts, and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Like Joey said, right before the right before the break, we gotta get. You've got the Nemesnikov deal. Skip over that one real quick. Uh, Nemesnikov to the Avs to, for a fourth round pick. Make me eat my words a little bit. I was literally staring at the screen and saying the Avs did nothing as I'm looking at the Avs. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that one, that was a little rough on my part. But I mean, in terms of them do, them doing nothing in the sense that I don't think Nemesnikov is gonna make or break. Gonna be, you know, it's it's definitely a, a compensation for a Kreider or a Tatar or a JG Pajot or anyone that they were looking at. I think Nemesnikov's sort of a, you know, he might not even make top top six minutes. Top, whereas like guy like Kreider definitely would have, guy like Pajot definitely would have. So I think I think it's it's reassuring in a blue, from a Blues fans perspective that that's all they did to to sort of uh, walk back my previous statement, but. It's it's an, that's an interesting trade. It definitely seems like a, that's that was sort of Colorado's last last ditch effort to add a forward. In, in my opinion, I don't know. What do you think? Ah uh, man, uh, it definitely seems like it's it's like a Plan B, C, or yeah. D. It, yeah. You know, it, it has this all written all over it. Colorado was the one team in the NHL that could have absolutely just made a splash today, and they. Right. We'll get into it totally, but man, they very well underwhelmed everybody. And, but us in St. Louis, I'm loving it. Uh, a guy like Nemeskinikov, he's a skilled player. He fits their system. But I, I uh, mentioned this in a past show, I, I believe last week. I think they needed size. I think they needed power up front. I just, I cannot see this team standing in a seven-game series against the Dallas Stars or St. Louis Blues nope. at this point. No. Nope. Honestly, I think – I don't even know if I could take them against the National Predators at this point. Yeah. I think, I think the playoff hockey is just going to smack them in the mouth and it's going to be a rude awakening. And I, I, I've been saying it all year long, but this was their chance to get a Chris Kreider or, or even a J.G. Peugeot would look so good under those circumstances. Nothing like right. a, a – he, he's not that big guy, but he's that playoff style type of guy, that hard guy. I right. think they're really lacking that category. Right, and um, I think the the biggest thing there is you definitely had like five or so of like the big name trades that got chipped out. You know, the Pajos, the Trocheks. We'll get into that, and then you had sort of like a B tier of trades, like the like the Nemestikov for a fourth, or or, or uh, I don't know, Cody Eakin for a fourth, for example. Just sort of like the the lesser tier trades. You know, the the sort of the again, like if you had to say maybe the maybe Pajot and Trocheck are the A tier trade bait. Nemestikov's not not a tier. He's not the big splash that you make if you're if you're trying to turn yourself into a contending team. That's sort of a trade that you make if you're if you're just looking to add some depth and, and maybe take a little bit of a next step. But I, I definitely think it was underwhelming for Colorado. You know, there there were so many big names being linked to them: Kreider, Tatar, Pajot. Um, even Trocheck was linked to them a little bit here and there, and them to come out of that with only Nemesnikov to come out of today's trade deadline with Nemesnikov as their addition, it's definitely uh, got to be disappointing if you're an Avalanche fan. Um, I think that they're definitely a really talented team, but like you said, they don't. I don't think they have the the grit 
as as funny as that as funny as that it is a way to put it, I don't really don't think they have the grit and the experience necessary to last in a seven game series against a St. Louis or a Dallas, a team that's really going to wear you down like that. I think that they can sure they can go out and have guys like McKinnon and and Ranton and just you know snipe on you. Uh, you know, unexpectedly from any spot on the ice and they're good to get you a goal here and there. But what happens game five, six or seven when those guys get worn down and it becomes a lot more of a defensive battle. And I just don't think they have the, the, uh, the, the personnel to, to last in a seven game gritty series like that. Like you said, I agree. And the, and the, the craziest part about that whole talk right there is that we may have not even mentioned their greatest weakness and that's goaltending goaltending but i know we're about to get into that and they didn't yeah and we'll we'll get into that um again sort of another another b-tier move from them you know i'm looking at it right now they added michael hutchinson i guess we can well let's we'll jump into that we'll we'll go to the one right before and then we'll jump into that so patty marlowe Goes to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a third that turns into a second if the Penguins win the cup. I really like that deal for Pittsburgh. I don't know about you, but that's that is I do, I do. that's a Pittsburgh player if, if there's ever been one. Yep. Uh, my buddy actually has a futures bet on Pittsburgh to win the cup, and I I immediately texted him. I was like, hey, man, you just you, you, this better make your day because this improves their bottom six greatly. But a, even a guy like Patty Marlowe could play those top six minutes with a Geno or, or a Sidney Crosby if you need be oh, in, yeah. in the playoffs. But oh, yeah, you put Marlowe and Crosby. What, what, what is there not to love about this deal? It's, it's your typical trade deadline deal. You're giving up a second, third, fourth round package type of deal, and you're getting that gritty vet just wanting to win a cup. And it's it's your typical trade deadline deal. Yep, yep. And jumping to the next one, like we were talking about the Colorado Avalanche, they added their goalie. And you think, oh, was it Jake Allen? Was it Robin Lehner? Was it Alex Georgiev? No, it was Michael Hutchinson. Very odd. I mean, does that fix your goaltending problems? Yes, he's a goalie. He has the word. He has the letter G in front of his name. He plays the goaltender position. But like, just because you added a goalie doesn't mean you're going to solve your goalie problems. And I don't think that he's. He, I mean, are they relying on Michael Hutchinson to carry them in a seven-game playoff series? Like, what's their what's their goal right now? I mean, you know, when you see that a guy like Malcolm Subban got uh, and and uh, Robin Lehner, both both of those names got moved later on. If both of those names are on the market, how do you end up with a guy like Michael Hutchinson as your goaltender need? It just doesn't make sense to me. Especially, you're only giving up um, Cal Rosen. Like, it, it's just like it, it, you could have done so much better if you're the Avalanche. That's it doesn't make sense. Yeah, they they really really whiffed today in general. Uh, we'll we'll sum up their whole trade deadline on this one since this is their final trade. But like you just hit the net, you hit the nail on the head right there with uh, their goalie situation. From from my perspective, I'm gonna say Grubauer is not as injured as we believed. Uh, I believe he'll be all right. But man, he he's a very streaky goaltender in the sense of I don't think you can count on him to steal more than possibly one game right within two rounds of a playoff you know what i mean like he, he's good enough for one stolen game in about two whole rounds and that's yeah, so he's a peak performance out of him and i don't know if you can want to stay in the cup with that type of goaltending but overall i man Colorado, at least they added i'll give props for that but man they just they did add, so much I mean- potential is is it even adding if you're just adding guys like that just because you're adding bodies to your roster? I don't even think you can say that that's much of an addition. I, I mean, maybe Nemestikov is a, makes a bit of an impact, but Hutchinson's going to be come playoff time is going to be no more of a backup, if not scratched AHL whatever right. goalie. It, it, it's it's so it's it's strange to me for sure. Uh, before we jump into our 
final leg of trades and i say final like we've still got like 10 to go but we got one more one more break for digital ad inserts and then we'll be right back with uh, just just me and joey taking you home for the rest of the episode so we'll be right back and we're back um let's see the next trade we got nate thompson ships to the philadelphia flyers for a fifth round pick I mean, more depth moves. It's again, Philly fans. That's that's something that they can probably look at more. But from an outsider's perspective, it's just one of those things that you don't really think is going to make that much of an impact, at least in my opinion. But I mean, hey, it's a you're you're adding a roster player for a fifth round pick. That's always going to be a, a good move in the short term. So I like the move for Philly. If I had to pick a winner. So earlier I mentioned that Philly and Colorado were the believed battle for the J.G. Peugeot sweepstakes earlier in the show. Um, this, when you look at it like you just did from just a, a trade perspective, it's nothing that's going to blow your socks away. But there was a clear need, a clear want from Philly to add that that powerful, gritty type of style to their lineup, a, a good lineup too. And this was the consolation prize for J.G. Peugeot. It's Nate Thompson. Coming out of Anaheim, a penalty killer, a guy that can go out, finish your hits, carry a little dirty offense from the net. Um, and compared to the price of a Peugeot, which we went for a first, second, and third, giving up a fifth rounder for that second place prize for him. Hey, we will see how it plays out, but nothing bad. I see it, it's good value from Philly. I like it though. Yep. Yep. And moving on, we got um, another really, really weird trade. Wade Simmons to the Buffalo Sabres for a, <laughs> for a fifth round pick. That turns into a fourth-round pick if the Sabres make the playoffs and Simmons plays 10 games and 50% salary retained on Simmons' $5 million cap hit. So the fifth is not turning into a fourth because the Sabres are not making the playoffs. Um, I mean, they might, but they probably won't. And that's a very weird – I mean, you laughed as I read the trade. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. You know, Simmons has to waive his no-trade clause for that, and and it's just like – it doesn't make much sense to me. Okay, so I'm looking right now, and the Sabres look to be like three or four games out of a playoff spot. So they might nothing the crazy, but we all know that division is stacked, and we all know it's just we we know how Buffalo's year is rolling. But hey, um, very odd one. I don't know how Buffalo does all this today and doesn't sell, especially whenever like a guy like Rasmus Ristolainen was. Thrown around left and right. Yeah, I thought I thought their the dark horse for Ristolainen was going to be Winnipeg, and I, I didn't want to see that happening either. So, but uh, I'm glad it didn't. But man, this is just a head scratcher to me. Uh, but hey, this might be one where we look back in, in six, seven, eight weeks and be like, "Whoa, that <laughs> crazy move there!" But that's what uh, that's what yeah. potentially got him to this spot, you know. But we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. You know, as, as much, as much, right? As much as it's easy for me to joke around and say, "Oh, they're not making the playoffs," you know, we, we give we give Buffalo so much crap for always being right about there and falling short. Maybe Wayne Simmons is the piece that they've been missing all these years. You know, they've really needed to add a gritty guy at the deadline to take them to that next level. So yeah, maybe he's a, maybe he'll be a difference maker. Who knows? And if I, there's if there's one thing I learned over the past calendar year, it's that anything is possible in the NHL at any mm-hmm. given moment. So. You never know. Uh, it doesn't look great for Buffalo, but hey, you never know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, next one we got. Uh, let's see. We got Nick Ritchie to the Boston Bruins for Danton Heinen. 
Bruins add an underperforming forward and ship out an underperforming forward. Again, sort of a lateral move. I think it's just both of those guys need a bit of change of scenery. Kind of Richie's a bigger, grittier player, fits Boston's scheme a little bit more. Um, Heinen's a small, smaller, speedy forward. Uh, really, he's been pretty good defensively. Haven't put up the offensive numbers as much this year, but you know he was good for Boston last year. Good in the playoffs. He's a good, you know, he's a good uh, gritty top nine forward that you can have. And I, again, I th- I like that move for Boston. I like that move for Anaheim. I think that's a win win trade. Yeah, I agree. I like it from both sides. Um, I really like it for Boston just this year alone, looking at it. Uh, I think Richie's – I mean, that's that's literally a Boston beer when you're looking at the guy play. It's yeah. literally that Well, they have the other one too. They have, uh, Brett, Brett Richie. Yeah, yeah. So, man, they – I don't know. I like that from their perspective. It's not a guy that's going to knock your socks off. I do like Heinen. I just don't think he fit that Bruins mold as well as, as he could. I think yeah. that ended up leading him getting – Sent to Anaheim. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, good move up both sides there. Yeah, and then a little minor league move from the Canadians and Senators. And then here's a big one. Uh, Edmonton adds Andreas Athanasiu and Ryan Tuffner for Sam Gagne in two seconds. Athanasiu and McDavid on a line. Oh, boy. That's all I'll say. That's all yeah. I'll say. That's all you need to say. <laughs> um, Man, I there were a lot of comments that came out about not a lot of comments, but there was a lot of talk about um, Athanasius, just basically his poor play. And there was a, a player that came out recently that's basically said he, he he can go out there and make those flashy plays all you want, but he refuses to adapt defensively. He refuses to adjust his game, and he's going to go out there and skate up and down the ice super fast, but end the year at a minus forty five or something like that. So there's some criticism of Athanasius' game. Um, he's pretty bad defensively. I know he was initially rumored to go to Columbus, and it was pretty funny because, yep, oh my yep. god, Torts is going to absolutely tear him a new one. Uh, it's definitely interesting for Edmonton. I think when you have a guy like McDavid on the ice, you can afford to just stick a speedy winger on his on his wing that sucks defensively and just tell him, skate fast, be in the right place. Connor McDavid will put the puck on your stick. I think Athanasiu is going to probably score like 15 goals or at least next 20 games playing with McDavid. I would not be surprised to see this move catapult Edmonton to the playoffs just by making their offense terrifying for these next few weeks just with just by based off of pure speed alone. You know, if Athanasiu can get to the right place at the right time, keep his stick on the ice and bang pucks into the net, he's going to score a lot of goals with McDavid. Unless they don't play him with McDavid because it's Edmonton, and that would be something that they would do. Yeah, um, from the defensive perspective, I I get it. A bunch of us have been there playing on, like, a, a bad team at one point or another. Maybe you haven't played or don't know what I'm talking about, but basically what I'm getting at is from personal experience, I have played on like a bad team per se, and I'm a I was a forward back in the day. So, like, hey, I'm not. I, I'm. I'll be completely honest. You're not focusing on the defensive side of the game, especially with whenever you're you're losing that many battles and stuff. But you're looking more offensive. You, you want to get some numbers. You want to get some some teammates involved. I get it from that from from his point of view. But I do think a change of scenery into Edmonton will completely change his demeanor. I think he's going to be ready to play. I think. I think this could, when it's all said and done, be the best deal of the deadline, Agreed. only because the the ceiling for this one is extraordinarily high. Agreed. I'm talking huge. Athanasius is a, a younger player. I mean, he's one of the speediest forwards in the game. He's got hands. Uh, defense is a little rough, but we know that that can be expanded on. We know that defense is something that can be learned. Uh, yeah, that could absolutely be a huge deal, not just this year, but for years to come. If you could put Athanasius on McDavid's wing and just feed him 
he can get a lot of goals create, but he can also create a lot of opportunities with for McDavid with his speed, and it, it definitely gives gives Edmonton the ability to put two speedy guys like that on the ice at the same time, and and the D, the defense of the other team will kind of have to put more focus, a little bit more focus on Athanasiu, and thus a little less focus on McDavid. It's it's a good ad. I, I really like it offensively, defensively. We'll see, um, but I think. Purely from an offensive standpoint and purely from a let's help out McDavid standpoint. That's a spectacular move. And again, it's adding some grit. It's adding some some size. It's adding that playoff type pedigree to your Absolutely. lineup. To a team that needs it. So good deal from Edmonton. One Absolutely. of my favorite deals of the day. Uh, Edmonton also added Tyler Ennis for a fifth round pick, which goes along the same lines. You know, it's playoff, you know, playoff experienced player who's who can put the puck in the net. Um, you know, he's a journeyman. He's been, you know, he's played in the league for a long time. But he's a reliable player. He's another, I think, another really good ad for Edmonton. That could put him with McDavid if they want to. He can exactly that. right, right. It's another really good ad. When you have a guy like McDavid, you have to sort of look at every deadline move you make from a, in a different light, or every player you add in a different light is okay. How can this player play around Connor McDavid? And I think that they added two really solid players that can complement McDavid nicely. Yep, and that's that's pretty much the best uh, compliment you can give a player, in my opinion. Just we're we're literally just saying trades that are being made. Like, oh, yep, sticking with him, he's gonna be great. You know what I mean? But oh yeah, that's just the Conor McDavid effect. That's the Leon Drysaddle effect. But uh, getting back to the trade, it's it's a good one for Edmonton here. I really like what they did this this uh, this trade line. Let's not forget the Mike Green addition. Yep. So I mean, you you potentially had two of the of the higher ceiling. With uh, Athanasio and, and Green, so maybe maybe they can maybe they can get something going here. That Pacific is no, all but done. It's all but done. Um, and when you got guys like Connor David and Leon Drysaddle, absolutely anything. Is possible. Absolutely, absolutely. And then Derek Forbort went to Calgary for a fourth, just sort of a depth move there. And then this one was a little a little funny to see Connor Sherry. I like this one. Back to Pittsburgh, along with Evan Rod- Evan Rodriguez for Dominic Cahoon. I mean, <laughs> you, you you know you can say everything you need to say. You can say, you can say Connor Sherry has had great success with Pittsburgh before. He's back again. Boom! Great trade for Pittsburgh. Easy. Yep. And going back to what we just said, hey, stick him with Crosby, stick him with Malkin, stick send him, him with Crosby, let's go. Stick him with Malkin. <laughs> but, uh, nobody knew nobody knew who Connor Sherry was, and then he played with Crosby, and now everyone knows who he is. So, so uh, my buddy I mentioned earlier in the show that has that futures bet on Pittsburgh one of the cup. I, I told you what he did or what I sent him, whatever. Marlou got traded. I didn't even I, I actually missed this trade and he my phone absolutely blew up. I thought the blues did something crazy, like out of nowhere, because my phone was I thought I was going to explode, but it was actually him being that excited about Sherry going back to Pittsburgh, and that—that's how a Pittsburgh point of view should look at this. And this is a, this is a fantastic move by them. Calhoun's actually a very good player. I really enjoyed watching him play this year. I watched a lot of Pittsburgh games, but um, Connor Sherry, great move, great addition. Uh, I really like what Pittsburgh did today too. I'm not going to lie. All right, here we go. Getting into the final leg of trades, the final chunk. Um, Sammy Vatnin to Carolina for Yane Kukkonen and a second. I mean, eh, Sammy Vatnin was super, super underwhelming in New, in New Jersey. Uh, part of the problem for them on defense. But, I mean, Carolina has a really solid defensive core. And adding a guy like Sammy Vatnin, I think, is great for them. I think it, it sets them up for another potential playoff run for sure. Yeah, speaking of their uh, defensive core in Carolina, this adds uh, some, some big-time offense on that blue line. 
it's going to be great for their power play. Um, I really like it. Good value going back to New Jersey. But it's not that big, tall, physical defenseman that they could potentially need. But uh, maybe heading that summer, maybe not. We'll get, we'll get to it. Yep, yep. And then this one's a little interesting. Uh, Vegas acquires Robin Maynard for Malcolm Subban, Slava Demin, and a second-round pick from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh second-round pick via Chicago. So Chicago adds Malcolm Subban, a prospect in a second, and Vegas adds Robin Lehner. Vegas now has two really good goalies. It's it's that's interesting. I, I it's an interesting strategy. That's all I'll say. It, it, I don't know if they're they're planning on using Lehner in the playoffs somehow or what what their game plan is. But it was an interesting ad from them. It didn't make too much sense to me. I think it. I think we'll we'll see the meaning of that trade in the coming weeks, months, heading into the off season. See what the repercussions are. But it was it, it was weird to me to see them add such a good goalie in in Robin Lehner. So my perspective on this one, I think they know they've been leaning on Flurry way too much whenever he's available, whenever he's healthier or with the team or whatnot. I know he's been through a lot this season, but uh, adding a guy like Robin Lehner gives you that confidence. If you are in a stretch run where you're in a second round playoffs or Western Carolina, whatever it is, and, and your guy goes down and Flurry gets hurt, which we have seen in the past, by the way, in the playoffs and on the stretch run, uh, I want to say multiple times too, if off the top of my head, but it gives you that insurance right there, and it's a good move by Vegas. Uh, didn't see it coming. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, didn't see it coming at all. If they were to do something like this, I would expect them to do something much like Colorado did with Hutchinson, and I'd expect Colorado to do something right here with Lander. It just it yep. completely vice versa, backwards situations. But um, it shows you where one GM thinks his team is and shows you where another is for him. But from a Blackhawks point of view, real quick, a good good uh, package for Laner here. Absolutely. Uh, I believe he, he's going to be a free agent in the offseason. I'm, I'm almost positive. Correct. Could be wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, he's going to be a free agent in the offseason. So maybe it could be one of those deals where he ends up back in Chicago in the, in the summertime. Wouldn't be surprised there. But if not, if that's not the case, uh, good return for Chicago. I'm impressed with that. Absolutely. And then Devin Shore for Sonny Milano, but of a minor trade. And then Brady Shea for a first-round pick. Carolina adding another defenseman. Oh, boy. Yep. They're, they're stacking up. Aggressive, <laughs> aggressive deadline from Carolina. No one really saw it coming from them. Um, I, maybe they were in the Nemesky Golf sweepstakes. I always get a tongue twist every time I say his name. I don't know why. But um, I figured that's the tier they'd be looking for to add up front like that. But, hey, they blew our socks off of the trail track trade. The Fattening trade came off, caught me off guard. I know that with that with that uh, defensive core they already have. And then here's the cherry on top with, with Shea. And, um, man, I th- I think, they're, uh, they're set. They're, uh, but they're goaltending again. I mean, the questions, man, questions, but I like it. Moving forward, um, we got Barclay Goudreau going to the Tampa Bay Lightning along with a third-round pick, for a first-round pick and Anthony Greco. Barclay Goudreau, for a first-round pick. That's a Man. hefty price to pay. <laughs> That's a hefty price to pay. Yeah, this one reminds me uh, a couple years back. I believe it was uh, – man, who was it? I just had the name. Oh, Ryan Hartman. Ryan Hartman went to Nashville for a first-round pick, going from Chicago to Nashville. And that was just a head-scratcher then, and this is – Multiply it by 50, and that's what this one is. Uh, Barclay Goodrow, 
I, in my opinion, he's a fourth line forward. Uh, you could argue he's a top nine, put him on that third line, but Maybe. a first round pick, man, Tampa is absolutely all in and then some. I mean, that's let's not forget they just they just signed uh, Zach Bogosian too. Uh, his t- his contract got terminated with Winnipeg, so they're. I don't understand. I will never understand to the day I die how they have all these names under the salary cap and they somehow did it. And props to them. Yes. That's, that's my favorite in the East to come out right now. I, I just think they have everything potentially you need for a cup run. But Absolutely. we'll see that, that that East is a gauntlet. But, man, that's a brutal, brutal trade by Absolutely. Tampa, in my opinion. And then a couple minor deals. Juice and Sprong got swapped. So Juice going to Anaheim. Sprong going to Washington. Sort of depth move there. Nick Cousins to Vegas for a fourth. Again, sort of a depth move there. Uh, the next real big move that you see is Eric Gustafson going to the Calgary Flames for a third-round pick. Um, and they have two first-round picks uh, – two third-round picks, sorry, just Calgary. So Col- uh, Chicago will be receiving the earlier of the two-thirds, just depending on how that works out. So Eric Gustafson for a third. That's a that's a good trade for Calgary. Uh, Gustafson's a great offensive defenseman, uh, sort of a, a discount Tory Krug, if you may. He, he's a good ad. Um, like to, I love seeing him get out of the division. And, you know, hopefully he can help Calgary with another potential playoff run. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? There is a lot of the Pacific is could be could be playoff teams, could be lottery teams. It depends on how these next few weeks pay out. So there's not really a whole lot we can talk about in terms of playoff potential there because it, playoff matchups are so up in the air for them. But it's a good it's a good ad for Calgary for only a third round pick. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, good ad for Calgary. And a uh, little funny side note here. I got a lot of Chicago guys I'm, I know and talk to frequently, and, and they would always tell me about Gustafson's potential return at the deadline if they do end up trading them and how they're going to get some unreal prospect or a first-rounder and an NHL player or something. And I can't help but laugh at them all day today because that's brutal return for Gustafson there with just a third-round pick uh, coming from what they were – a bunch of respected uh, hockey minds were expecting in Chicago. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, you know, again, sort of a, something that a third-round pick probably won't be too much for Chicago, but Eric Gustafson for Cal- uh, Calgary could be could resign there, uh, could make a huge impact for them. He's a really good player, and I think he's a good name to add. Yeah, I like um, that for Calgary, for sure. Other than that, uh, Jordan Small's on the move again. Uh, a couple picks being moved, but those that was the last of the of the big moves. Um, finally, a hectic day coming to a close, and one name that we did, or one team that we did not see at all in any trade, was the St. Louis Blues, and I love that. What do you think? You know what? Um, I've I've been very much back and forth, probably more so this year than all five years I've been doing this. On uh, they should uh, they should go get that big piece. No, they shouldn't get that big piece, but they should go get a JD Peugeot. And then I, one day I'd be like, oh, no, let's just stay pat. These price tags are insane. Today I came into the mindset, listen, we, we've been we've been saying we're going to get Terry Sangle back for a minute now. I, we've, we've, we've known this. Um, <coughs> we, we knew this was going to be the deal. But at the end of the day, you have this defending Stanley Cup champions, basically the exact same team, except you're taking away Edmonton and Bellmeister, and you're adding a Falk and a Scandella. And I know, I know all the circumstances that just happened and everything, but when we're looking at this solely from a hockey standpoint, 
you can't tell me this team has not gotten better. I mean, that's that's an actual improvement on the back end with, with Scandella and, been tremendous. and Falk. Man, Scandella is I'm I think that played a big part of the Blues not doing anything today because He's they got so lucky with the chemistry. Yeah. They they just sometimes you just hit a home run with with trading a player like that and acquiring a player like that. And the chemistry and just instant, since, you know what I mean? They've added him. Instant um, chemistry, instant, instant fireworks. Uh, it's just, and I think that's that's great, great move for them. Not only have the Blues been four and zero since they added Scandella, they have not played a single game where they looked like they are playing a team in the same league as them. New right. Jersey looked like practice. Arizona looked like practice. Dallas, they beat 5-1. Minnesota, they beat 4-1. There wasn't a single point in any of those four games where it felt like the Blues weren't going to win. You know, it, it, it really felt like they were just the dominant team for the last, you know, for the last 240 minutes of hockey. The last four, or the last, no, sorry, 100, I don't know. I'm, math is hard. Yeah, 240. <laughs> Six times four. Um, yeah, they've, they've been a really dominant team, and they've really gotten back to the Blues team that we know and love. And I, I don't really think that there's a there's been any glaring holes in these last four games. And I know you could point to the five games prior and look say, look at all these holes. But goaltending's been great. Offense has been scoring. When the offense wasn't scoring in the New Jersey and Arizona games, the defense and goaltending was spectacular, two straight shutouts. And then in the games where the defense wasn't perfect, they only allowed one goal in each game. Over the last four games, the St. Louis Blues have outscored their opponents 13-2, to which is just an astounding astounding statistic. Um, I think when any team does that heading into the trade deadline, it's going to be really hard to say that they need to shake up. Um, right, and, and you have a guy like Tarasenko potentially ahead of schedule uh, or whatever, even if he just says return for the playoffs, that's that's better than a trade. We've said it a million times. It's better than a trade. Right, and what, what was that stretch? It was like they lost five of, of seven games at one point, I think it was, right before they their four-game win streak. And they, lost, they lost five in a row, and they lost, um, looks like, seven of eight. It was seven of eight, or it was some around there. But yeah. anyways, what I'm getting at is that that was the worst hockey we've seen them play in over a calendar year. And when you get into that three, four game losing streak now, you notice that oh my god, the the, the sky is falling. This team's done. They're out of it. But in reality, we're so accustomed to seeing such great hockey, such consistent hockey, that that's just what we're we're, we're not used to it anymore. Every Absolutely. time we see a three-game losing streak, we just think something is completely out of whack, out of tune. But at the end of the day, every team in the NHL is going to go through this. We saw it with Tampa earlier in the year. Now they're, what, 19 games in a row, 25 games in a row probably at this point? I don't know. I think they're at 11, if I'm being yep. real, or something, something like that. Yep. So but you get the point. The every Blues, team's going to go through this. The but. Blues play maybe their worst two, three weeks of hockey all year, and then they followed it up with, I think, their best four-game stretch. It, it, your numbers are backing it up 100%. It's, I take the, I think, away is their best stretch of hockey of the year these last four games, and the numbers are completely backing it up. Um, at the end of the day, that's, stay pat. Good job by Doug Armstrong, yep, in my opinion. Yep. I mean, and especially looking at all the moves that did happen, if you look at the guys that got moved, like if you look at the JG Peugeot trade and then just replace all of the other assets with Blues assets, or you look at the – and speaking of trades, we didn't even talk about this. Kreider got extended, so that's the name off the board. Uh, if you look at all the things that the Blues could have done 
and look at the ways that they ended up going. I don't really think that the, there's not a single trade where I'm like, oh man, the Blues totally could have gotten in on that and totally could have gotten a better price. Like there wasn't really a trade where I was like, oh man, I really wish the Blues had thrown two second round picks in, in, in for him. It, it was really like every trade that went by, it was sort of like a, yeah, okay. I, I get why Doug Armstrong backed out of that trade or why Doug Armstrong wouldn't do that trade. I think that the moves that happened for the other teams were very necessary. And anything that the Blues would have done would have been icing on the cake. But I just don't think that they were des- as desperate as the teams that did make the moves and therefore weren't going to pay such a high price. <clears throat> and therefore, stood Pat. Yeah, and just to touch on Crowder, since we completely forgot, I don't know how we did that, but he did get extended, obviously. But uh, it came. It's been widely reported out of New York that the Blues were very much believed to be big bidders in this in these sweepstakes. And again, there was like uh, St. Louis, Colorado, Boston, and I think that was the the big three. I think and the Crowder sweepstakes. Yep. If if I were to just sit here and and ponder and guess, my guess is Doug Armstrong would have gave up Sanford a first and a prospect and a, a second rounder, maybe something along those lines. Okay. I think New York would, would have done that trade if they were able to get Jordan Cairo instead of Zach Sanford. I think that would have been a done deal. Doug Armstrong wouldn't do it. He backed off. He stayed pat. That's, my, that's just my complete opinion. I think they could have had it if they wanted it, but at the end of the day, the Rangers are hot too. They're, they're kind of the, in a, in a way, not as, as crazy, but quote unquote, last year's blues of this year, Absolutely. Uh, and until now, let's talk. Did you, did you hear about that car accident? Yeah, um, was, Seth Durkin and uh, Bushnevich, man. How about Bushnevich in a yeah, car accident? What um, I was getting at is he's basically this year's Bennington. Seth Durkin, he's like nine and one or something like that. I think seven yeah. and one at this point. But yeah, but yeah, now he's he broke his rib, so he who knows out for a month. Yeah, out for a month at, at least. I mean, we don't know the broken ribs can be really tough. Um, with the healing, it could be longer. It's just really, that's one of those things that really depends. Again, I'm not a doctor, but that's one of those things that really sounds like it, it, it's a really tough blow for the Rangers. I mean, you never want to see a guy go down to injury, especially just one as, as sort of random and fluky as that. It's got to be frustrating. Um, and again, you hope he's out for a month, but a broken rib that that could be that could be longer, it could be shorter. Um, it's one of those injuries that's not typical, especially in goalies. So it'll be it'll be weird um, for them. It's definitely it's definitely interesting to see. You know, it, it changed their changed their plans a little bit. I, I wonder if they would have traded Georgiev had he not I, been injured. I, I was about to touch on that. I think they would have. I do. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where now they keep Georgiev. Georgiev is actually starting in goal tomorrow night versus he could have been starting in goal for a completely different team. Um, have this injury not happen? So crazy day in hockey. Basically, um, as you can tell by the 43 minutes we have of recording at this point. Uh, that being said, we have 43 minutes of recording. So you got anything else to add, Joey, or should we let, should we let, these, should we let our listeners get a break from our annoying voices? Uh, one last blues note, uh, since that's what all brings them here. Um, I think what the main focus of today wasn't just adding for this year's cup run. We obviously know this, this roster is able to, to do what they've done last year. I think a lot of this plays into the Alexander Petrangelo contract extension next year. And um, where would they be able to free a little cap here or there? Will they be able to set themselves up to be in a p- better position to re-sign the captain in the offseason? Yep. I don't think it's that big of a worry. But, um, hey, they didn't do anything. It is what it is. Uh, Vlad is going to be coming back. Buckle up. We're going to be sleeping in July soon. Yep, back-to-back, baby. It's in the works. 
I'm loving it. Yeah, so fun trade deadline today, but uh, moving forward, the Blues have their roster for the, for the remainder of the year. Uh, Chicago tomorrow night. Good rivalry game. That'll be fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to stay tuned for the rest of the week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LockedOnBlues. Submit your mailbag questions. We actually got one uh, via DM, which was like the first time that anyone's ever actually submitted a mailbag question. So we love to see that. Keep it up. Uh, via DM, those. though. Yeah, via DM, whatever. DM, add us. Uh, Literally us, anything you guys want. Write us Trend a letter. Write questions, anything you want. Yeah, yeah. Big shout out to um, – let me get it. Uh, yeah, Jeff, Jeffrey at my – all American too. Uh, we're getting to your question on these this next mailbag. We appreciate you um, uh, reaching out to us and, and, and sending us a question. Um, and we, we'd love to see some more. So stay tuned for that. And thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.